it's Carmen. Welcome to my fourth episode of Off Air with Carmen. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a listener to The Morning Cruise on the Joy FM. This week's guest is Joyce Kelly. Y'all, Joyce is one of my favorite people ever. You'll hear in a few minutes how we met. And of course, I feel like everyone in our whole listening family is my bestie. But goodness, when I get to meet some of you and become real life friends, it's just one of the best gifts ever. Joyce is one of these people for me. I have so much respect for her and she has become a dear friend. There's not a soul listening right now that has not been affected by cancer and Joyce is no exception. You're gonna hear how she and her family have navigated and are still navigating this road that no one wants to walk down. But she will be an inspiration for you. And if you have walked or are currently walking this road, you will feel less alone. And you might want to grab a pen for the end because she really talks about how we can best love people when they're in the middle of their grief. When I thought about launching this podcast in the space I wanted to create, my time with Joyce is exactly what I had envisioned. Here's my conversation with Joyce. Joyce, you're here. I'm here. You're here. You're here. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. And... um, one thing that I'm working on, I'm kind of new to this podcast thing, and I, I want to give a little bit of backstory on how I met you before we jump in, because there's a lot of things that I want to talk about. But I don't even remember the year, but I met you through Team Freedom. Yes, yes. I don't remember which year it was, but I know after the fact, you showed me a picture, or I saw a picture of our very first Team Freedom, and we're actually standing next to one another <laughs> yes, it was the at first the one. altar yes. with Natalie. I don't know if I met you at that one. But after we met later, right. I look back to that picture. So I say all that to say that you're in my kitchen <laughs> on my digital frame. That was so funny. And the picture of us at the altar with Natalie when yeah. when Bill was praying over us for that first team freedom, like you're in my kitchen. It, it was every funny. Single day. I found myself in between the two of you and I was like, yeah. I should, probably shouldn't be here. Yeah, it was great. I was like, ah. It was great. It <laughs> so, was so yeah. great. And I think yeah. the first time I remember meeting you and having a conversation, we were actually um, at a location in, in Lakeland after mm. Team Freedom, and we were just helping a yes. person who was hurting yes. back then yeah. um, decorate their room. Yes. Is that the first time we probably met face-to-face? Well, we actually met um, with Created. Okay. Way, and that was around the first Team Freedom. Okay, so all around so, the Yeah, it was all the around there. Time. And then because my heart was towards what we did in Lakeland, yeah. um, I was there to try to You are one of those women that as soon as you as soon as people meet you you radiate you are absolutely gorgeous um you ooze jesus but over the years we've just become friends and not just in the team freedom column but in other columns um we've been to dallas together (laughs) we've just had some some good times together we have so we're going to get into all of that but when i went to use the bathroom Mm -hmm. i came back in and i hear there's a story that you need to tell me. Yes. So let's do that yes. first because I'm well, kind of excited. I don't know if you know. Okay. So I, you know, I am um, friends with Emily West. Yes. Through yes. our beauty yes. counter. Sure. Yeah. So I had voxered her a question and she voxered back. And this was a couple months ago. Okay. And she said, oh, I have to tell you. She said your, through your journey and your mm-hmm. hashtag truth to stand on was yeah. just so inspiring how you're staying in God's word. So I told Matthew your story and I told him he needs to write a song about truth to stand on. And I know, I know. And so I 
it wasn't just our story. It was like everyone needs to stand on truth. Whatever, if you're if you have trouble with your marriage, your kids, or well, like okay. our, I'm speechless right <laughs> now. But is Matthew writing a song because of that? He wrote a song and he was going to record a male artist, but he said no, it needs to come from a female perspective. Okay. So Leanna Crawford, <gasps> yes, has is... apparently recorded. I haven't heard it yet because Emily said I'm going to send it to yeah. you, and it's called Stand on Truth. <gasps> and so she goes, I just want you to know that it was inspired, inspired by. by. So it's not our. Story. I know. I was like, "What?" I was oh like, "My goodness!" So, I have not heard this. Well, she and so I. When she said that, yeah. it was like beauty for ashes. Yeah, it was that's like right. every time something positive comes out of such a heartbreaking yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. It's like okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I was like, "Lord, I pray you take that song and it just touches hearts because yeah. every time it does, and it just brings some yeah. sense to what we've had to walk through." That's right. So, uh, I had no idea. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And what's so funny is just last night, out of nowhere, Matthew texted me uh-huh. and he said, send me the link to your podcast so I can promote it. Oh, and I, I mean, and he, wow. he had no idea that you were going to be on it today. Right. But right. I will tell you this. I was um, texting with another friend, CB, mm-hmm. or we might've been on the phone and my, and my girlfriend, CB knows you as yep. well. And I was telling her that you were coming in because, you know, my whole heart for this podcast is, and I've said this many times on the air, is that I think I don't. You don't have to have a big stage. Some of our neighbors, our sisters in Christ, the people that we're doing life with every day, it's their stories that can be the most extraordinary. So I just want this podcast to be conversations that I would sit and have a cup of coffee at Starbucks with a girlfriend. Yes. Um, And I do want to get to your story, but that is absolutely incredible. But when I told CB (laughs) I was talking to you, she was like, there was no one better. There's no one better. So let's start from the beginning and then we'll get to where we we really want to go. Okay. Um, I, well, let's talk about I Am Freedom Girl first because we were talking about Team Freedom and you started a ministry for Mm -hmm. strip clubs because of Team Freedom. Talk about that. Well, God had ignited my heart for human trafficking like 12 years ago. And I'm like, am I supposed to go to India? Am I supposed to get them rescued from cages? Maron's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so he just, it was a burden with it. He wouldn't lift. So I was trying to find my place, trying to find my place. What do I do? What do I do? And then Team Freedom came along. I thought, okay, I can do that. And then through that, um, he showed me that I want you to go in strip clubs. And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with human trafficking? And after my first visit, obviously there's a need for Jesus in there, but mm-hmm. he said, no, it's all connected. Uh, it's all connected. Pornography, strip clubs, trafficking, it's all connected. And Joyce, I, this is your part. Mm. And I was like, but I, I'm a speaker. I'm a <laughs> teacher. Why don't I just teach? Yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, I want you to walk into these clubs mm. because these women in your city mm-hmm. need to know that I see them. And I'm going to use you and your team to bring that and it's been we've are almost eight years old wow. and it's That's been crazy. an incredible journey to see and there are women in our city it's mm-hmm. one thing to know it but it's one thing to stand face to face with a woman who feels so hopeless and you just bring the love of Jesus in that moment yeah and it's not like I can fix her situation I can't take her from that place it's you just um bring Christ and yeah. um so it's been an incredible and journey. And y'all do that once a month, right? Once a month. Once yeah. a month. There's been a lot of stories. Like yes. you've told me story after story after story yeah. and just um women that you've reached and just testimony after testimony. But one of the stories that stand out the most to me is I can remember years ago you were talking about how I don't know if it was you that went over and talked to the guy or someone on your team talked to the guy and just that that stuck with me because part of human trafficking is the demand for it. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Yeah, we've we've met a few um, 
men and mm-hmm. they've, they've come up first of all because we don't look like we belong there so what right. are you doing here and mm-hmm. um so we were in the parking lot because half stay in the parking lot and half go in so okay. the ones in the parking lot are praying and just talking and mm-hmm. and so he came over to talk with us and um got a little um defensive and i'm like no we're not here to cause anything and he um so we just told him what we were doing mm-hmm. you know t- bringing gifts to the girls and you know praying if they wanted that and um he happened to um we happened to be by his car mm-hmm. and he um popped open his trunk and I saw like the, the baseball bats and the gloves and, all. and then I realized he's a father mm. and or, or, a, or you know, a father of a son or daughters right and I remember having this conversation of just like you have kids he's like yeah um I have I have daughters and I have sons but mm-hmm. and I said well do you know that the girls in there are someone's mm. daughter mm. and it was like the light bulb went on mm-hmm. for him to realize that that could be his daughter yeah and and he just was speechless. Yeah. And so we've had a few conversations with, with mm-hmm. men who tried to justify being there, um, guys right. who go to church. Mm-hmm. And so we try not to engage a lot, uh, never aggressively with mm-hmm. the men, but we just, if they open up the door, then we're just going to let the Holy Spirit speak through us. Yeah. And so I think one of the other things that you've told me about the strip club ministry is that the, the bouncers love y'all. Oh, because they say we, we don't understand it. But the girls are happy when y'all come. Yes. Yeah. They said, yeah, they love us. They walk us out to the cars to make sure that we're safe. They, um, we don't have to worry about any, I mean, I feel like the Lord protects us and he gives us a brain to use wisdom to mm-hmm. know when to leave a situation. Sure. They go, I don't know what happens, but there, there's um, basically a peace when you guys mm-hmm. come and you help the girls and you don't come in and judge. You don't cause trouble. So the owners, managers, they really do welcome us and really it's the Lord like opening that door and us just showing them through our actions. We're not here to judge. We're not here to pound you over the head with the Bible. We're just here mm-hmm. as a woman to a woman. How can I pray for you? Yeah. And then let's lavish you with some gifts and food and fun. And last we were out last Friday night and mm-hmm. one of my team members got a makeup lesson from one of the dancers. Oh my goodness. She, she was doing her eyebrows. Oh, wow. And she was and I was like, Man, you're really good. Yeah. And she goes, I love doing this. And mm. so it was just having just woman to yeah. woman. Thank you for just going yeah. into the dark places. Truly. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. As a matter of fact, we'll put in the show notes. If people want to get connected with I Am Freedom Girl, yes. we'll do that. Okay. Okay. Let's transition to your family. Yes. So do you want to talk about Ron first? You want to talk about Grant and Sydney or you have two children? I have two have children. Twins. Yes. Let's start with Ron. Let's, so how okay. did you and Ron meet? We met through a friend. Okay. Um, we had actually, my friend and I were going to go come to Florida. I was living in Memphis. Mm-hmm. We were going to go to Florida for um, the vacation. There was a hurricane coming. And I said, well, let's go somewhere. Yeah. She goes, let's go to Nashville. My boss is awesome. He's so much fun. I was like, Okay. So that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And instantly I was like, hmm, he just made me laugh. Okay. He was just great. So it was kind of instant attraction. It was. At first. It okay. was. Okay. Yeah. And so he was in Nashville. I was in Memphis. Okay. And so he conveniently, they had a rehab company. So he conveniently had to um, come to Memphis a lot after we met. And so we got to know each other and we dated for two years and then got married, got married. and moved to Nashville. So, And how long were you married before you had the babies? Um gosh what was it um we got married in 25 and i got so six years because we had infertility okay for three years we tried to have babies for three years so um and then god blessed us with twins so it was crazy because i do ultrasound Mm -hmm. so i was scanning myself yeah and found the twins you found (laughs) 
my you gave your own self the yes. sonogram okay yes. this story i have not heard okay so you just squeeze that stuff all over there well it was really early okay ultrasound so there was another way i did the okay. ultrasound so, okay. like, this is really off the air okay, this is off the air tmi okay, okay. hammy is in the room the only guy so <laughs> when Haley's here when you're really early yeah um there's a transvaginal ultrasound that you do <laughs> i love this so, i love this so, so much. i would be, desperately wanted a baby and yeah. i wanted to see it you, and i knew how to do that so i locked the door <laughs> and i just did a vaginal transfusion <laughs> scan on myself <laughs> This is perfect. This is what I'm looking for. If Bill Martin were sitting here right now, he would be dying a thousand deaths. Maybe I would do it over there. He's doing something. I was like, can I say this? Yes. Going through IVF. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you knows. know. Yeah. So you know. And you desperately yes, want I a desperately. baby. So and what so did you do? So you're locked in the room. You find yes. out it's twins. It's twins. You and I'm crying? freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, this can't be. This can't be. So I start talking to myself and said, Joyce, if you're scanning a patient, what would you tell her? Yeah. Well, you would tell her she's having twins. And it was like five, five and a half weeks. So it was early. Yeah. So Ron already knew we were pregnant. But then I thought, well, I'm going to surprise him. So I took an ultrasound picture of the two sacks. I went and got pink and blue balloons because I didn't know. I didn't know what they yeah. were at that time. Yeah. And then I said, hey, surprise. He goes, what's this? Like, I already know you're pregnant. And I said, yeah, but you don't know this. Oh. <gasps> And then he opened up the card. And said, uh, he goes, are you sure? And I was like, this is what I do for a living. Yes. <laughs> there's two. Wow. So, yeah. It was uh, a crazy. We were so excited. And um, and then I scanned the next week and I saw one heartbeat and I didn't see another heartbeat. So I cried and we lost one. We lost one. And he was like, please stop scanning yourself. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw the two heartbeat. I was just Aww. scanning. so Because we just had so desperately. Mm-hmm. That walk of infertility is it's like a death every month. You grieve every month of, wow. of the hope that you could have a child. And then when mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, like all of that. Um, and so then to have like a double blessing. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, mm. thank you, Lord. So, mm. yeah. So we have twins and a boy and a girl. So when you girl. went and got the pink and blue balloon, you really, it really <laughs> it's it was appropriate. Yes, <laughs> yes it yes, was. It yes. was. Yeah. So just just describe your family life. I mean, obviously, we all have problems. Yes. But yeah. for the most part, yeah. I mean, the Kelly family, we the were, four of y'all. Yeah. Because I just wanted, um, because I had found Jesus in a new way mm-hmm. and found freedom. It was like, what is the best way to mother my kids? Well, find freedom for myself mm-hmm. and mother out of that. Yeah. And so as I found that and I realized what was available and that's what I poured into them. And just, I just, once I realized what God had for me in his word and the freedom, then just pouring into that and wanting to kind of create a new legacy. Mm-hmm. And so church was just part of what we did. Serving was part of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, praying. They would laugh at me because I'd be, you know, praying around the house and anointing the house and <laughs> yeah. I'd anoint their heads at night and they, they didn't know that two yeah. years later. Um, <laughs> but, but it was just kind of part of what we did. Mm-hmm. And walking through hard things. And then my kids found out that um, they were worship leaders. They didn't know that gift was in them. So our church um, really groomed them and helped them and really discipled them Mm -hmm. to help, you know, um, nurture that gift. And so that helped them stay connected to the church. And we just served alongside of each other. And um, 
just it was your life. It was just our life. It how, was good. How long were you and Ron married? Um, it was 27 years. It would have been 28 um, this past April. So what, when you think about Ron, what's the first things that come to mind? Just like a sense of humor? Oh, a sense strength. of humor, um, integrity, mm-hmm. um, my safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more of a behind the scenes kind of guy, just doing um, what needed to be done and not really telling anybody. You know, just through the women that work for him, through our neighbors, um, he just, everyone loved Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So when was the first, because I, when I met you, it was after the first round of cancer, but before the second. Yeah. So talk it about was, that first. Yeah. It was um, 2000, gosh, I don't remember the year. It, he he had cancer five different times. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't five know. Five different. I, yeah. I, so I, I think 2008 was the first time. Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and looking back, like we were devastated, but looking back, like that was a walk in the park. Yeah. You know, and each time, um, and it was funny because three times he had like a stage one. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling him, you don't have to worry about your worst fear because they're, you're getting checked so often. Yeah. And then in 2014, 15, mm-hmm. it came back aggressively and he had bladder cancer. And his worst nightmare came. He had to have his bladder removed, 17 lymph nodes, prostate. And that was, our kids were seniors in high school. Mm. And that was, it was devastating. It was just so hard. Um, And that first week after surgery, he was just like, I can't. And so I was like, I was thinking about that when I was driving up here. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like, taking care of the wound and mm-hmm. you know changing the bags and thinking what the heck god what is right. going on right. and then and then he just clicked and then he took it and owned it and mm. never complained about it he started running again riding his bike he started living again yeah and so we were great for 4 years mm-hmm. until april of 2018 he started having some pains but we didn't even think cancer um he was having pain in his sternum and pain in his groin, but he was playing tennis and running. So I thought, well, you're 60, so, mm-hmm. you know, that happens. Yeah. So we really, so after a series of events, we've, our, his doctor goes, you know, with your history, let's just do a CAT scan because this, this is not getting better. Mm-hmm. And then we found out it had metastasized to bone, liver, and lung. And I think that's when I got the text from you yeah. that said Ron's cancer is back. Yeah. And it was... Ugh. An eight month. I took him to drove him to Tampa General um, June twenty eighth because he was in so much pain, mm-hmm. and we needed to figure out um, was it bladder primary was the, you know and and he was in pain. I was like, we can't do this anymore. So I drove him, and then it just sent us in a whirlwind of an eight month, the most fierce, gut wrenching battle. Yeah. Um. He spent thirty days in Tampa General and. They came in and were like, we're going to have to do a partial hip and put plates in his arm. And I'm like, How, what, what about the cancer? You ne-? And they said, we need to do this to stabilize the bones. Mm. It's that bad. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like all of these, it was that kind of um, environment until yeah. he took his last breath. You know, as believers, it's one of those things where I don't think we articulate this, but I think deep down we feel like, okay, God, we're yours. Mm-hmm. We've done it your way. Yeah. We're... We are raising our kids the way it's almost like there's a little bit of in us. It's like, God, you're supposed to protect us from mm-hmm. this. Like, you're, yeah. even though he doesn't promise that, he mm-hmm. promises he'll just be with us. Like, mm-hmm. how do you reconcile 
all of that or in your private times, like you get right. the diagnosis again, you're hearing the doctor say you've got to put plates to stabilize his bones. You get in the car by yourself and do you just scream? Yeah. You cry, you scream. And and I don't know if I was angry at God this time. I, I was in 2014 because mm-hmm. I was like that very thing. Yeah. God, we're serving you. We're right. tithing. We're doing mm-hmm. all the things we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. And this isn't so fun, God. Right. And where is your protection? Mm-hmm. Well, there, he doesn't promise that. And as Christians, we don't want to suffer. We don't. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, because if you, I mean, we just don't want to. But he talks about that in his word. Mm-hmm. In this trouble, you will, in, in this, this world, world you, you will have, have trouble. trouble. John so, 16, 33. Yeah, take think, heart. Yeah, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And so it's like, I have, but I promise to be with you. That's right. And and even if it doesn't feel like he's with us, he still is with, we can't go on our feelings. We have mm-hmm. to go on what we know. And mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's in me. So he's never left me. And so it's just, it was, it was just this trauma after trauma and just really just going back to the Lord going, I, I don't even know how to, I don't have words for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to navigate this. Um, we had a great community come around us. Um, you know, I had my moments of crying and w- why and, you know. And then you're entering in that, that phase of, okay, do we really believe what we say we yeah. believe? Yeah. Because I can talk about heaven and I can think about heaven and, you know, he says that it's going to be better than we ever imagined. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. But then when I sit here and think about having to say goodbye yeah. to my husband or my girls, yeah. it's like, well, maybe I don't think heaven's all that great. <laughs> yeah. after, you know what I mean? Yes. Am I living? It's easy to, yeah. to, to believe it when you're not faced with, okay, this is going to be my reality. Like right. my eternity mm-hmm. is going to be starting soon yeah yeah that just it is and it's it's where you know you you go you come to know jesus and you come mm-hmm. to know his word and yeah. you come to stand on his promises and then reality mm-hmm. hits that's right and then there's that tension mm-hmm. between what his word says and what your reality is and then that tension and that's where you grow mm-hmm. you're sifted in the fire you mm-hmm. really are and we don't grow on the mountaintop that's right <laughs> I wish we i know i just want to live we, on the mountaintop we, don't Can we? we just live we don't we do that. we do and yeah. and that's not where we grow that's not where we meet jesus and there's a song it's kind of my anthem lately um mm-hmm. zach williams and dolly parton oh, there yeah. was jesus uh-huh. yeah oh my word there's a line in that um, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Mm. And so like my life was shattered yeah. in these broken pieces mm-hmm. and buried in there. And every little piece yeah. was Jesus and is Jesus because mm-hmm. I'm still in it. I'm still You're grieving still and yeah. I'm still walking through it and still asking him, like, what is my life? Like we're getting ready to launch our kids. Like yeah. we launched Grant. He mm-hmm. got married he got and married. then Sydney's is coming up. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what is my life going to look like, you know? Let's talk about Grant for just a couple of minutes because some of the most beautiful pictures, oh my word, oh. in the hospital with Grant singing to him. Yep. Um, I think he was shaving him at one yes, point and then was, on the back porch. Yeah. We, if, if it's okay with you, yeah. I'd love to post these pictures yes, yeah, on our website yeah. when we, when we um, post this podcast. But I mean, just sitting on the back porch and Grant's out there, maybe it was Sydney that, was shaving him, but no, it was Grant. It was shaving Grant. Him. Okay, because yeah. I know Sydney was there. Yeah, she was um, massaging, massaging his feet. feet. Yeah. Yes, there but was Grant like, yeah. sitting out back at the porch at your house. Yeah, reading scripture to him. Yeah, he had found that scripture in a devotional, and he was like, "I really want to share this with Dad." And I go, "Well, go." He's sitting out on the night. Go share it with him. Yeah, and um, it was the most beautiful, mm-hmm. like holy moment. Mm-hmm. 
wear a son. Mm-hmm. His ministry to his dad. His dad. And that his dad received it. You know, he was just looking straight at Grant. And Grant was just speaking the word yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And it was just this beautiful, you know, moment. And then went to the hospital and he brought all his shaving stuff. And it was hard for Ron to let him do that. Right. But he didn't really have a choice. And um, and that, too, was just this beautiful moment of father and son. Yeah. You know, so it was just great. And then even pulling the two extremes together where it's you have this beautiful moment, but it is brutal. Yeah. And it's just... It's gut-wrenching, but yet at the same time, I would imagine just gratitude that yes. God's allowing yes. the moment to happen, and yes. he's in the midst. Well, he, um, I think he's going to have me write some things. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> a book and some devotionals, yes. but I'm like, I don't know when, yes. but over the summer, he gave me a title, and it kind of put together mm-hmm. what is collide when deep mm-hmm. joy and deep sorrow meet. Wow. Because so often, you think it's only one or the other, Ugh. but deep sorrow especially for all the things that we were walking through and Grant's wedding and now Sydney's wedding and their graduation from college that it was so important that Ron would finish, that they, that they finished college yeah. and he wasn't there for that, you and, know? And just to pull people in, his the anniversary of his death is coming up, yeah, January 20th. 20th. When this airs, it will have been a couple of weeks ago. This is going to air in February, but it, so you're at a year. Yeah. So Ron passes and then they graduate. Yeah. Well, then Sydney has to decide... Does she go back to Samford for her last semester? Yeah. And he died on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, she goes, I can't leave my dad. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know he was going to pass. Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to go talk with him. And she said, Daddy, I think I'm just going to take a semester off because I don't want to leave you. And he said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You are too close. You go back. I'm going to be okay. You have to go back. <laughs> and so she was like, how do I do that? Yeah. I said, because God's going to carry you through that, Sydney. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea that he would pass that next morning. And then we would take a week off. Mm-hmm. And then Grant and I drove her back to Samford. And then our friends arranged a house for us to stay in for a week. So yeah. the three of us were together. And mm-hmm. like God was in the details in such a hard yeah. place. Well, I can tell you what. I was at the funeral, the memorial service, and your children... Lord have mercy the way <laughs> the way they honored yeah. their father I mean ugh, just as your friend I was beaming for you they yeah. just and I'll still think about Grant talking about how Ron loved receipts oh my gosh oh. <laughs> tell that part about Ron oh my word this man by the way there's Kleenex behind I, you okay, you can reach yeah. back yeah there we go here <laughs> they um, oh my gosh they that man I mean I'm thankful that he was so detailed because yeah. I found everything everything was scanned and on the computer uh-huh. and, and then in our closet mm-hmm. but I literally when I was starting to go through things, was shredding receipts from his bank account, 1989. Oh my gosh! I was like Ron <laughs> Kelly. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" No. So, but he was. He just would save. He was save. He saved a 
Chipotle receipt from their graduation from high school. We can't deduct that. So why was that? Why? Yeah. But you know what? It's just he was always a just in case kind of guy. But I'm so thankful that he was. Well, you and I are the same. Yeah. Pete and Ron are the (laughs) same. So we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm grateful because he left me in a good place. Exactly. We need that in our lives. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, to have my kids, like Sydney was going to speak. Uh-huh. And it was the night before Grant um, came. He goes, I, I think I want to say something. Can you come and listen and yeah. see what you think? And okay. I'm yeah. bawling, sitting uh, on yeah. his bed going, uh-huh. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You share. You share about your dad. And what a legacy. I mean, we look at the world today, yes. Joyce, and families are being ripped apart. Satan has to- totally gone after our families. Yes. Yeah. And Ron to have raised with you yes. but yes. To, and you're still here yes. but to have raised these children that mm. can stand and proclaim their faith yes. honor their father they're mm. now making families of their own yes. and that it was just, the beautiful thing like when you try to see the the bright side yeah the, thir- the 30 thousand I call it <laughs> like, the, yeah. yeah but I know what you mean the 30,000 foot view from yes. God's view yeah like God was and because of the things that were important to Ron like he was able to know they're going to graduate college yeah. he was going to know who they were going to marry and love and talk both. about that because because he knew and oh. and Sydney's fiance came, came and talked to Ron oh my word tell that story oh my word so we had heard we were in Moffat and and we had heard it wasn't good like yeah. it was bad yeah. And we didn't know and Ron mm-hmm. didn't know if he wanted to do anything else. So like Hunter was like, I want to be able to do this, but he didn't want to like come in and so his parents said, just go. Yeah. So I knew he was coming in and um I was sitting there and, and I could tell he was so nervous. And I just looked at him and went, I just nodded my head mm-hmm. and he went around to the other side and I never take pictures like that in that moment, especially, but something in me and I'm so grateful because we have it framed. Oh, Ron took his so hand because he yeah. sat, Hunter sat down and he goes, and Ron goes, boy, what do you want? Last time we sat down, you wanted to be Sydney's girlfriend. What do you or want Sydney's now? Boyfriend. Or Sydney's boyfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yes. and they laugh. Yeah. And then he said, you know, he asked permission and goes, I want to get your blessing. And, mm. and Ron started crying because he knew. He knew. He wouldn't see it. So he grabbed his hand and he said, you know, boy, you better, you better take care of her. And he goes, no, I know the family you come from. So. I have no doubt. And then Hunter, it was just this, again, a holy moment. That's right. And then Hunter said, I promise mm-hmm. to take care of both of your girls. Mm. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So again, yeah. what you're saying, that deep sorrow and yes. that deep joy, because you're sitting there about to lose the love of your life. Yes. Your children are about to lose their dad. Yeah. But so many moments God yeah. gave you, just marker yes. moments yes. where the stake is in the ground that you can look back. Yeah. And, and there is a picture. This is when, I mean, he knew yes. who Sydney's husband was going to be. Yes. And he knew he Grant's, knew Grant's wife, wife. And loved her. They had the best conversations. She's just great. Kendall is amazing. She would just come in and how she cared for Ron. Like his oh. glasses would be all smudgy. And she'd just <laughs> come up and take his glasses off and clean them and put them back on. And yeah. she would come in and just sit with him and just so great so he got to know that he got to know where they would work yeah because she he knew Sydney was mm-hmm. gonna get a job at Moffitt and and Grant was gonna work at Grace in ministry and so he knew all those things kind of like okay I did what I I wanted to do yeah and I mean I know he was sad to Chat. miss out on right but I think it gave him a sense like God just gave him that like this is I'm gonna let you know this before mm-hmm. you go and um so it was 
Yeah. Was there a marker conversation between you and Ron in those last days or last weeks? Just something that you point back to? Yeah. He. <laughs> he just came and took my hand and he said, look at me. And I was like, no, <laughs> no I don't yes, want to hear yeah. it. And he said, I just want to thank you for being the best wife, <laughs> for loving me so well and being the best mother. And I was kind of getting mad at him because yeah. I'm still like, no, Jesus <laughs> right. can still heal. Right. He, can, heal, he yeah. can. He parted the Red Sea. Yeah. He can do this. <laughs> he can do this. And uh, he was like, Joyce, listen to me. Yeah. And I mean, I think he knew yeah and it's not that i didn't know sometimes i feel like was i just naive like no i still had hope yeah and i don't think here's the thing and i will go down saying this it's it's never a question of can you lord like i've never there's not a fiber in my being that says that the lord can't he can do whatever he wants at any given moment it really comes down to but will you yeah and will i still love you and trust you even if the answer is no yeah and i think that's where our faith Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's looking for yeah. in all of us is yeah. that yes I can and maybe and I and I could be wrong about this the theology people can come after me <laughs> but I feel like sometimes it's a yes mm-hmm. sometimes it's a no mm-hmm. and whatever brings God the most glory yeah. in that situation if we're all headed home yep. sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no yeah and whatever yeah. brings him the most glory is that's what the answer is and we have and to be okay with, with that, that that's right this He's past looking. week and i'm still wrestling through sure. this so we'll see how this comes out yeah um before ron got sick i don't remember how many months it was god i knew ron and i were going to do something together mm-hmm. i was like god i didn't know what it was i'm like trying to like is it a building water wells <laughs> i don't right. know I was just yeah. like, and i go ron i feel like you and i are supposed to do something together we uh-huh. make such a great team and he's like I don't know, Joyce, I don't have anything. So I'll just pray. Mm -hmm. And it kept on, kept on. And then last week, the Lord was like, this is it. You are going to do, because he's having me launch a speaking ministry. Okay. And so, and I'm getting my website together. Oh, Joyce. I know. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That he was showing me, that thing I put in your heart, Mm -hmm. you are going to do it with him. It's just going to look a lot different than what you thought. thought. And he's going to go forward with you. Mm. And because of what you walk through, Mm. how not just telling your story, but when you're because I teach from a different place now. Right. I teach from a totally different place. That's what I love about you so much. And that's why I have so much respect for you, because it would be so easy to mm-hmm. say, I lost my husband, mm-hmm. rock in a corner, yeah. be angry, even the most faith-filled people, yeah. but you are living with your eyes up, your yeah. gaze is up, you're walking in light of eternity. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I want to be like you. <laughs> I really do. Well, I mean, it was like, that's what he created me to do, even yeah. though I fought it for a long time, yeah. like teaching. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because back in October, I journaled that he said, I want you to teach the next semester um, Philippians, mm. Joy and Suffering. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, because we are suffering. Yeah. So then when Ron passed, I remember telling my friend Kristen, like, I'm not going to be able to teach because I don't know where this is going. So I'm going to have to step out. She was just like, okay, I trust the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And... About three weeks after Ron had passed, the Lord said, I still have called you to teach Philippians. You're just going to teach it from a place of suffering that you had no idea. Wow. And I was like, oh, oh no. I'm like, that's probably not even healthy to be doing. I'm like, you probably shouldn't <laughs> right. teach the Bible when right. you've just yeah. lost your... What better place to be? Yeah. Seriously. Wow. And then I went to a friend and we team mm-hmm. taught, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to teach every week. 
And it was, God got the glory because there was no other explanation of how I could stand up there and teach was his, him. Right. There was no because other way. Because of what you just I, But right. being in the word that I have to be in, mm-hmm. it, it was bringing healing to me. Yeah. So. Mm. I, All right. So it's been a year now. And just talk about what that means is, I mean, just it's been a year good days bad yeah. days yeah. first set of first you just yes. had your first christmas yeah you just had the first anniversary yeah it's it's i knew from thanksgiving to january 20th were all these first just thanksgiving mm-hmm. and and we you know we were we loved christmas he was a great gift giver we made a big deal about getting our tree big deal about decorating it so all those were just like so hard. I didn't even want to do a tree. So it's like, you have to decorate. Daddy would be upset. Yeah. I'm like, oh, daddy's not here. He's, <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> he's not going to nap. I don't want to really, really don't want to do this. But I thought, no, I want to try to keep as much as I can the traditions that what we did, just some sense of normalcy because mm-hmm. nothing was normal. Right. And then New Year's Eve, um, really last New Year's Eve, he, we were calling 911. And he was on the kitchen floor and they were coming in and we went in an ambulance. And um, so this New Year's Eve, I was in a Jesus conference and I was worshiping. So it's like, I don't want to be home. And so just all of these. And it's really moment by moment. And um, I think it's becoming a little more real of what um, it's going to look like Mm because Grant's launched. He's married and Sydney's going to be married March 15th. And we just had a moment yesterday and she was crying and she goes, I don't want to leave you alone. Mm -hmm. And I go, she goes, I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I go, well, let me release you from that. You are supposed to launch. And she goes, but what? I go, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm working that out with Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Because it is scary. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, potentially maybe 40 more years of my life. I mean, I'm 53. (laughs) You're so so close to your kids like I am to mine. Yes. You know, and you're a better woman than I am because I probably would say, okay, feeling guilty. (laughs) Well, don't get married. Yeah. Everybody just come back in. I have a a big house. Just come back in. Exactly. That that would be normal. Yeah. 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 Right. So, but I think the reality Uh, of what mm -hmm. that really is going to look like, like. they should launch, they should start their lives. And I'm like, but what, what am I, what? Mm -hmm. what?" And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm going to be by myself. People, you're not by yourself. I go, Yes, I love my community, but I don't have my person. Right. Like that I, yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that looks. And Jesus is like, am I going to be enough? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but how, how is my life going to be mm-hmm. fun and fulfilling? And how do I do vacations? And how do I, because my friends are married. And what is that? I'm like, and he's like, just one step at, Day a, time. at a time. Otherwise it's too overwhelming. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I really don't know what my future going to look like other than he says it's going to be good but I'm just struggling going okay how Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just honestly where I'm at I want to ask you two questions so there's someone listening right now and they're caregiving someone Mm -hmm. who's terminal illness maybe it's cancer maybe it's something else if you were sitting with them the way we are on this couch what would you say to them well first of all I'm so sorry that Mm -hmm. you're having to walk that um soak in every moment Mm -hmm. But you have to take care of yourself. You have to do something normal in the middle of that craziness. And I know you might not want to leave their side, but you'll be better serving For them. Mm-hmm. If, you'll, if you'll step back and do something normal. Because there's nothing normal about that. Taking care of a loved one that's terminal, ready to pass from the temporary home to the eternal, the eternal home. That's home. what I say now. Mm, yeah. um, so that's what I would tell them. And then if there's a, a man or a woman listening right now that just just 
said that goodbye because mm-hmm. their spouse went to the eternal home, what would you say to them just in those first few days? Because I would imagine it's just a fog. Yeah, that just take each moment by moment. And, and if Jesus is your savior, if not, this is a really great time <laughs> to do that because yeah. I don't know how you do it without, without him. him. And it's don't try just take each moment. It's okay. There's no right way to do grief. There's no right way to do those first days. You just sit with him. If you want to cry, you cry. If you want to lay in bed, you lay in bed. Um, let everyone's expectations of you go mm-hmm. and just do what you need to do, especially those first few days where you're numb. Yeah, You're numb and it's okay to be numb. Um, worship was a huge weapon for me mm-hmm. and continues to just, I put worship on mm-hmm. and just let it, play just fill um, the room fill yeah i the do atmosphere. i do because mm-hmm. it does shift um and you me. can say because you've walked I, it there is like the lord meets you he trusts you on that does. like there is a supernatural yes. thing that happens yes to where you can take that next breath yes and he, there is a grace that the lord gives you when he allows something tragic and something like this that he carries with you and i can say that because he did it for mm-hmm. me, there was no other explanation how I could stand up in his service and speak right. and write right. and all, all of that. It, it's his grace. And if you'll lean into that, and if you don't know how to lean, just ask him and he'll show you. You just lean, you fall, mm-hmm. <laughs> fall into mm-hmm. him, you know. And so I just know that he's carried me even in those darkest moments. Like this past weekend was a really hard weekend. Mm. Cried most of the weekend. Mm. And um, and then he he meets you there and um, and then lifts you back out and helps you get you know done what needs to get done i would imagine the hardest thing is that you just miss him oh my gosh you just miss him you miss his personality you miss miss his touch you miss his laugh just just, his laugh and just talking with him and yeah and he was my balancer like Mm -hmm. hey you're doing too much why don't you pull back or i had such wisdom Mm -hmm. and then and he having to learn all the things he did so well that i wasn't good at like finances and I, all of that I've had to learn and I just miss like what would you do mm-hmm. like in these situations I don't know what to do like, and yeah. he would always know the answer you know mm-hmm. he just was he was just such an incredible man but then I think well I had you know almost 28 years with him so I try to look at that because otherwise it's too hard to look at what yeah. I won't have with him now that you've walked a year through grief you've said you said off the air which I guess is on this podcast Um, but off mic earlier when we were talking you just said I will walk differently now with someone who's walking through grief teach us because I think I don't I mean I don't know I don't know that I've I I do it well with my people so I want to I want to hear your thoughts on that it is when you walk through that deep loss you learn a, if you let the Lord show you just this new level of compassion, this new level of um, understanding that you can't have any other way. Yeah. And walking through the grief, I kind of had in in my um, notes, I had put, um, I don't even remember the date I had done this, but the people you meet in grief mm-hmm. and it's the fixer. Let me just fix it. Well, some things can't be fixed. Okay. Um, the redirector, when you try to share your grief, they redirect the conversation to something else. Mm. Um, the insecure person who thinks your behavior is about them or something they've done. And you're like, I don't, I can't manage your that. emotions your right emo- now. Like I, I can't. And then you, and then because I, and naturally like an encourager like I'm going to start oh let me help you I'm like well, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have to help right you now. do you see what yeah. yeah yeah so it's just and I've been all these people too yeah you know but going through different and I know I and then the person I know exactly how you feel person 
nobody can know exactly how right. anybody feels. Yeah. And that comparing grief. Right. We can't compare And don't that. answer in your own experiences. Yes. Just be with them yes. in that moment. The biggest thing I found is that uh, the friends that have just validated my feelings in that moment. They don't try to fix it. They don't try to control it. They don't try to, you know, avoid it. Mm -hmm. They are just, I think that's the biggest thing you can do when walking, walking with someone through Mm -hmm. grief, Um, just validate and just go, I'm so sorry. You know, this just sucks. It's just hard. It's just just hard. Um, And because then it almost, when someone like throws a scripture at you, yes, pray the word. Cause I remember one at one point, somebody wanting to give me a scripture and I believe in the word and I that is what I stood yeah. on. But in that moment you just where wanted, I'm exposing yeah. that place, I just need you to validate, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm mm. going to sit with you. I'm not going to, and go pray that word for me. But yeah. just in that moment, yeah, doesn't mean I don't know the word or love the word or trust. It's just, you're human mm-hmm. in that. And so, um, you know, the practical person, the validator, um, or I'll just be that person to sit with you in pain person. And so kind of just wrote that because I think it's important um, because we're uncomfortable with grief. Yeah. We, we don't know what to do with it. So if you don't know what to do, just sit with them. That's the best advice. You don't have to give advice. There's nothing really you can give. You can't fix it. And you can't. And comparing, like, I lost my husband and someone says I lost my 90-year-old grandmother. It's like, it's still grief, but it's It's different. different. Yeah. It's different. And you can experience Mm -hmm. that, but Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. And, And the fixer and the avoider and just, yeah. That's good. I'm sure there's a lot of grace that you had to oh. <laughs> extend. The things pe- yeah. And God, I always said God yeah. gave me the grace just because people are doing the best they can. Yeah. Like, I don't need to get angry at someone. Mm-hmm. They're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. It just That just really wasn't helpful. <laughs> but know? that's great that you sorted it out like that because that's so true. And as you're going through it, I'm like, yeah, I've probably done that and I've done that and yeah. I've done that. I have. And yeah. so now walking through that, I'm just really, I'm just more of a listener and it's just... Good. um like somebody recently, a friend who's walking through a really hard thing, she's made progress, but it's still hard for her. And someone wanted to kind of dismiss it. And I just said, I said, I'm so sorry that that's hard for you. Because yeah. we just want to dismiss, like, just mm-hmm. get better. Yeah. Just get better. Because it makes us feel better. Yeah, then I don't have to do, yeah. then I'm like, no, she's still hurting. Mm. So I'm so sorry that that's stuff. still hard. It's good. So, And just to bring it back full circle, because that's still so cool about Matthew. I'm going to have to reach <laughs> out to him about I that. Know. What is, because you did, when you were walking through that, you would post scripture and you would use the hashtag mm-hmm. truth to stand on. So what is Joyce Kelly's truth to stand on? Mm. I mean, it is the word and yeah. it started with Isaiah 41 10 mm-hmm. which is one he'd given me 10 years ago for other situations and it would come up okay. and the week he was diagnosed he gave that to me like three different times and it's um do not be afraid do not be dismayed I will strengthen for I am the, your Lord your God mm-hmm. I will strengthen you and I will uphold you with, with my, my righteous, righteous right, right hand. hand and so when I posted that first scripture I didn't have a caption because I didn't even have words. Mm. And so I went, I don't. And then that came hashtag truth to stand on because Mm -hmm. and I would continue to post that because that's all I could stand on or I didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. But by faith, I was going to post it. Right. And proclaim it. That's right. And some days I felt it. And some days I was like, I don't even know how this can be true. But but this is true. Mm hmm. That's solid. My feelings are going like a roller coaster. Right. 
So it's that choice, that mm-hmm. power of choice. I've learned a lot speaking with our good friend, Bill Morris, <laughs> who helps me with that. Uh, the positive, you know, at the foundational level, we have two choices, positive or negative. That's right. And the positive sometimes a little bit harder, but the, it's a beautiful place to live. Yeah. And the faith of our feelings. Yes. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. We'll do that for podcast yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. But it's yes. a perfect example of it why is. we can't trust our feelings. We, we want our feelings to be facts and our feelings are right. not the facts. They aren't. They're not. And they just take you on this roller coaster and will keep you in a pit. That's right. So it's the truth that will pull you out and keep you standing. Mm. Joyce so. Kelly, I love you. I love you too. Thanks for so being fun. here and Thank doing you for this. Me. <laughs> and when you start speaking, you let me know I'm going to be on the front row. Okay. <laughs> cheering you on. All right. This is great. Thank you. Y'all, isn't she the best? I told you she'd inspire you. And I for sure will be more intentional on just being present when I sit with someone in their grief. Thank you for listening to my fourth episode. And of course, I had to use a Matthew West song since he wrote a song inspired by Joyce. That one will be out a little later this year, but the song you hear right now is called Save a Place for Me. It's one of my favorites. Okay, that's it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you back here next week.